Hey everyone, this is your friend Kent C. Dodds, and this is the Remix Podcast, and I am joined by Greg Brimble. Say hi, Greg. Hello, how's it going? It's going great. Uh, we're just, it's a beautiful day out here in Utah. Where are you coming from, Greg? I'm in London where it's quite dark now. But, <laughs> yeah. What time is it for you? Is it like uh, it is 7.30. Yeah. 7.30, yeah. Yeah, well, um, there you go. Was was it a sunny day or uh, like one of those rare occasions? Uh, pretty pretty mixed here in the yeah. UK. <laughs> <laughs> now, we've had a couple of sunny days and my wife is up skiing right now. And I'm just like, I don't know if today's a good day. To go. I am so in incredibly jealous. I've been <laughs> wanting to go skiing for a few years now, but haven't been able to get away. Yeah, well... Um, you should come out to Utah. Um, <laughs> I'd love to. <laughs> yeah, maybe uh, maybe for Remix Conf. Uh, we haven't officially announced it, but anybody listening can can know that Remix Conf is coming um, in uh, in May. So not really ski season, but uh, but we're gonna do a fun uh, activity in Utah anyway. So it should be a lot of fun. Sounds good. Uh, so anyway, um, I mean, you're welcome to come now if you want to like, <laughs> you know, skiing when it when it's good skiing um so yeah great uh for those of you who, for the listeners who don't know you um i think it'd be good for them to get to know you could you introduce yourself and be as personal professional as you like sure so uh, i'm a software engineer working at cloudflare um specifically on the cloudflare pages team um, pretty new. I only started there in August, September sort of time last year. So still getting up to speed with everything. Um, but so far it's been great. And yeah, one of the things that we recently did was um, bring Remix support to Cloudflare pages. That's sort of how I got involved in all of this sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah, that, that's excellent. I have deployed um, Remix to Cloudflare workers. And if I understand it right, pages is like, a collection of workers, sort of. Is that an accurate understanding or is it so, totally wrong? <laughs> so um, Cloudflare Workers, for those that don't already know, is the um, serverless platform that Cloudflare has built on top of its uh, big global network. So we originally had a CDN product and had to have a bunch of machines around the world for that. And then we realized we could put them to use by letting people run their own code on it. And that's what yeah. Cloudflare Workers is. Um, Cloudflare Pages is um, a product that we built on sort of a prototype, which was worker sites. And that was um, the ability for people to build um, and deploy Jamstack sites on, on this edge um, serverless platform that we had, the Cloudflare Workers. So Pages is a managed product. So we handle um, doing builds for you and um, deploy these static assets to our edge. Um, we introduced functions earlier um, last year. It's in open beta at the moment, and that's what Remix is using. And that is basically mm. combining the power of workers and that server, uh, sorry, that edge uh, run code with the static assets that you're building as part of your pages project. So um, you can run and and host a full stack app with with Cloudflare pages. Got it. And um, is uh... With Cloudflare Pages, is Durable Objects and KV, are, are they included in the Pages umbrella or are they like individual products that you just integrate with each other? So um, the Cloudflare Pages function stuff is just using Cloudflare Workers. So you get everything that Workers has and um, just comes with it. Um, so you are able to use KV 
and durable objects and other things like HTML rewriter and anything else that we have there. Yeah. Got it. Yeah, cool. And for one, one thing that kind of blew my mind um, recently when I was uh, learning about Cloudflare workers uh, in general and just like the concept was that um, for a long time, most of us have been um, working with an origin server and then a CDN and then our user. And what Cloudflare workers is and pages and all of that is slice, pu putting something between the user and the CDN. And so um, that that is unusual. Like the, we, we don't typically run code um, at uh, on that side of the CDN, um, but we can still benefit from a lot of the, the uh, CDN itself because you have APIs to access the CDN and cache things directly in the CDN as well, right? Yeah, exactly. So um, when workers first came around, we were originally using the um, service worker spec, which was um, the ability that um, browsers gave you to run code sort of in between the uh, user, the client, and the server. And so we sort of mm -hmm. took that model and just put it on our network. And then that was where workers sort of started. Um, and because of that, we sort of adopted all of the other web API spec stuff, things like request and response, um, which I know that Remix is very, very fond of. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that sort of is where the model started. And then we realized that you're able to actually get rid of the origin that you have in a lot of cases where you can just deploy everything to the edge, including all your static assets and your um, uh, runtime code and just deliver everything straight from the edge, which is just fantastic for performance and for the users who actually use your app. Yeah, precisely. And uh, I think um, this model is very similar to serverless. Um, so that serverless architecture that people uh, often think about. I th uh, but the, the big distinction that people miss, or I missed at, at the start, was that serverless, you have to choose a region and technically, Cloudflare, you also choose a region. The region is just Earth. <laughs> and so uh, it's it's deployed in, uh, I think it's over 250 regions throughout the world. Um, and I, I was looking at the stats just yesterday, cloudflare.com slash network. And uh, you've got 95% of the internet connected world within 50 milliseconds of a Cloudflare server. <laughs> like, yeah, mental. And the, my follow-up to that is, I think it's, 20, uh, 20 milliseconds with it for 80% of users. It's completely yeah, wow. ridiculous, the speed. Yeah, um, yeah it, it, the the opportunities that sort of affords you um, lets you just completely re-architect how you're building apps. You no longer need to um, sort of consider long-term, uh, not long-term, um, slow server-side stuff if you're able to run it so close to your users. Um, you can just build completely different architectures differently architected apps. Yeah, precisely. Uh, like the performance characteristics completely change. Um, I often will tell people the story of like how we got to where we are right now with our current architecture. And so the what I often will say is you, um, like we used to just have an origin server and the user hits that directly and uh, that would take a long time. So you'd have like this white screen and so we're like, hey, let's uh, put things on a CDN to make it faster, and we'll just give the user a loading spinner. So at least we're like giving them something useful um, or like marginally more useful, I guess, than a, a white screen with the favicon that's loading. Um, but uh, 
because of the modern infrastructure now, the performance characteristics just completely change. And so we no longer need to worry about um, users seeing a white screen for multiple seconds. Uh, and instead, they're seeing a white screen for 100 milliseconds, maybe, or, or less. And so when, when you, that's how long they're looking at that white screen, do you really need to flash a loading spinner uh, at that point? No, no, you totally don't. And so because of the modern infrastructure uh, enabling this, you can change the way that you build apps. And now you can eliminate a bunch of uh, things that are like not great for user experience. Definitely. Um, and Remix is, is one of the frameworks that we're seeing sort of take advantage of having um, these edge platforms that you can deploy to. We've seen it um, with a couple others, like when we launched Functions, we saw SvelteKit, and now seeing um, Quick, this new framework coming into mm. play. And they're all sort of reimagining um, how you're building apps now that we have this different paradigm, this different way that you can deploy. Um, one of the biggest things that we're sort of um, trying to figure out really is data at the edge. It's it's still yeah. um, quite complicated and, and can be quite challenging to think about it in different ways. So obviously the sort of traditional way would be you'd have some database cluster somewhere um, probably alongside your origin and they're pretty quick to speak to each other, but then you put a CDN in front and you have to load things from the client and it all gets quite a lot of latency in there. But yeah. now our edge platforms have um, data built into them. So you're able to put um, that just alongside your serverless code and it's lightning fast reads and writes for that. But you maybe need to sort of structure your data models in a slightly different way to um, allow for this new sort of paradigm. So like mm. our key value data store is um, the um, most mature data product that we have. And um, I think that came out maybe, I don't know, 2018 sort of time. Hmm. And um, that's great, but it's key value, so it's not relational in in hmm. um, like tables and columns and all the sort of stuff that people are maybe most useful, most used to um, working with. So it just requires a little bit of um, education and rethinking about how you can uh, change the structure of your data to fit into this this new paradigm. Yeah, yeah, and I think that um, not only. Uh, can people adapt, but also the technology will adapt as well to to the needs of people. And um, with, with serverless, we already got used to the idea that my application code runs separate from uh, my database. Like these are going to run in two completely different server uh, services because uh, serverless, I like I don't have a long running process, and so I, we need to have a long running process somewhere. Um, or somebody does that we connect to uh, in some way, and, and even like from my app connecting to the uh, the server, um, I can't create a long running process uh, there either. Uh, and so, yeah, learning to uh, adapt to that sort of thing. Uh, and there are other um, companies as well, like Fly.io uh, allows you to have read replicas of your Postgres database all over the world. And and so yeah, it's it's a really exciting time. But I think it's we may have glazed over the importance of having your data at the edge as well, um, where like it's awesome that I can um, respond to the user in 20 milliseconds or something. But um, if I have to spend you know 300 milliseconds going across the world to go get the user's data, then I'm I'm a little bit better. I'm certainly a little bit better, but not a whole lot better um, that when when that's the situation. So having your data on the edge is pretty critical as well definitely and it um it changes how 
the, the failure points of the traditional ones. So if you had a single database cluster um, back with your origin, um, but that failed, then you just went completely hard down. But now, because we have this sort of edge network, we've had to redesign how this data is being um, located and, and stored. So um, it's accessible from every single <laughs> uh, pop that we have around the world, or every single uh, place of presence or point of presence, whatever that stands for. Mm. Um, <laughs> so um, you you end up with like really immediate writes, um, uh, sorry, reads from uh, pretty much anywhere for the data that you're fetching. Yeah, exactly. And that's what most apps are doing most of the time um, is, the, is reads. Um, Definitely. So- like um, if you've got some blog or something and you're hosting your um, content in uh, say KV almost always what you're doing is you're reading that data very rarely do you actually update it so KV is a perfect example of somewhere um, of of storing blog content in, in, in something like KV yeah precisely yeah um, and the other interesting thing um, that uh, kind of feeds into this as well uh, that people often talk about, well, hey, regions are a feature. Uh, like we had this um, this Twitter thread the other day about this. Like regions are a feature of um, of the of web infrastructure because of uh, data laws and like where you store your data um, has like you know some countries will not allow you to store uh, their uh, users' data or citizens of their. I I don't know how the laws work. It's stupid, but um, the, the fact is like that. You need to have uh, local data storage for um, certain countries, and Cloudflare workers or, or Cloudflare um, these data solutions already have support for lots of that, like regional data storage as well. Can you talk about that a bit? Yeah, sure. So um, durable objects are our really fast uh, database primitives that let you um, read write data with consistency, which is something that our KV storage was lacking. And additionally, we let you lock them to a specific jurisdiction. So right now we have support for the EU, which is exactly what you're talking about. So GDPR, our um, data protection um, regulations in the EU, um, some of that mandates that maybe the data for a European citizen, their personal information or whatever, needs to be kept inside that region. And it's a growing trend. We're seeing um, different countries talking about adopting similar sorts of legislation for um for their various regions. So um, we're definitely going to be adding support for additional um, jurisdictions for durable objects. But um, this sort of edge data model where you're able to define rules about how uh, where, where it's allowed to be stored and executed is great for um, all of your compliance that you need as a business. But it also means that we're able to give as much performance as we uh, possibly can for the users that are accessing it because it's still available anywhere within that um, EU region or whatever. Yeah, precisely. And uh, so, like, the, I, I just remember in that Twitter conversation, um, there were people bringing this up as like a, a big problem with um, data at the edge, uh, as if it was like uh, an unsolved problem. And so, I wanted to make sure that we address that. Nope, this is, we've thought about this. Like this is, in fact, the um, things are better uh, when we're talking about um, basically it, as far as the developers are concerned, it's regionless. You don't think about uh, the regions, but you can configure it such that the region uh, is taken into account. So um, yeah, so data at the edge, um, the app renders at the edge. 
your app now renders within uh, 20 to 150 milliseconds, uh, that leads to a pretty sweet uh, user experience. Uh, like go go to almost any website and you're going at least a second and a half uh, before you, you see anything uh, respond on the server. Um, yeah, it, there's some pretty awesome performance characteristics. Um, do you have any other like any other things that you wanted to call it specifically about uh, Cloudflare Pages and and the data story there? Um, yeah. Well, we're still sort of um, like the serverless um, side to Cloudflare Pages is still being worked on. Like Functions is just in open beta, so we are still working on. Um, things like automatically deploying your durable objects right now. It's a little bit manual whilst we're sort of figuring out um, all the connectivity stuff, but mm. um, we're going to improve on the sort of developer experience for all of the um, data things for sure. Um, but we have a lot of other things that help developers sort of build these apps um, quickly and, and in performant ways. So um, we have integrations with GitHub and GitLab that let you just sort of connect up a repo and then deploy. Um, Things like preview deployments and rollbacks that let you test out changes before they're going live to users. And um, we now have a, a local development um, CLI. So that lets you test and work things out locally before you push it up. So um, yeah, I think Pages is a really uh, <laughs> exciting, like I work on the team, so I'm biased, but I, I really enjoy it. And I think... Um, with support for Remix and, and other frameworks, it's becoming a really promising place to deploy your app. Yeah, that's awesome. So what would you say are uh, some of the constraints or limitations? Um, I, I'm thinking of uh, the fact that it's not a full node environment. And so uh, you may not have access to some of the things that you typically do. Um, and um, so you need to do things differently than people may be used to. Um, but what are some of the uh, constraints and, and um, uh, unique, or, or like what makes Cloudflare workers and pages uh, unique in that way? So you're right that it's um, constrained in that it's not a full node environment. And so perhaps people aren't, don't have the tools and the libraries that they sort of just expect to work. Perhaps there's a little bit of work that they have to do to make that happen, whether that's polyfilling in uh, node built-ins, which is a possibility, um, or whether it's um, rewriting things to just use fetch rather than like XML HTTP request or whatever. Mm. Um, but the the benefit that you get from it is just the ridiculously fast um, uh, uh, runtimes. So um, yeah. we don't have cold starts for yeah. workers anymore. They're all able to execute within the time it takes to do your like TLS handshake. It's um, <laughs> it's, it's, it's just <laughs> It's ridiculous. So um, you just don't need to uh, worry about performance in the same way. And a few of the things that we're sort of looking at is um, building in cache support for Remix so that even once you've done your page rendering, um, we can make it even faster by then putting it into the cache and serving it from there rather than having to do the re-render, even though that's still quick. So yeah, yeah. Um, there's performance um, improvements that we will continue to see. And I think, um, yeah, Workers is just a, a great platform to sort of get started with. If you've ever written any JavaScript, it's really easy because it's already just using the sort of same um, web spec platform that you're used to. 
Yeah, yeah, it's it's brilliant actually. I love that the service worker was the original uh, design decision there. Um, let's talk a little bit about price because uh, I've had a, a number of people uh, talk to me about like, oh yeah, well, I mean, if you're Amazon and have billions of dollars, then sure you can build your site like this. But uh, I'm I'm not, so I'm going to stick with my serverless thing or something. Um, what is the uh, like, can you talk a little bit about the cost of something like Cloudflare Pages? Sure. So um, Pages, just static stuff. I think we have unlimited requests and unlimited bandwidth just because we're Cloudflare, we're CDN. That's like what we do. We, we can deliver <laughs> content really easily. It's pretty much yeah. no skin of our back. So um, I think we just charge for um, number of builds and you get pretty generous free tier for that. But when you start to introduce this server-side stuff, um, we do start to charge for these serverless invocations. So I think Workers gives you 100,000 requests per day for free. And then beyond that, I think it's 15 cents per million requests. So it's like, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know who's who's been saying they've got scaling problems, but um it's a very, very affordable way to deploy your app, certainly. Man, Amazon's going to start looking at this and be like, well, we could save a little bit of money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that is nuts. Holy Like most of the time, like you get a kind of generous free tier. And then uh, once you start paying, it's like, boom, this huge yeah. bill. Um, I, I have that problem with Cloudinary right now, actually. Um, is Cloudinary is great, I but I desperately wish that I had used Cloudflare images instead because the um, yeah once you start paying it is extremely expensive and and the reason actually this is also relevant to Cloudflare's images um, is they charge for egress um, and I have fifty million or five hundred million or five hundred thousand <laughs> half a million uh, um, page views uh, a month. And so it's a, a lot of image requests, um, even though apparently it's supposed to be on their CDN and CDNs are supposed to be cheap or whatever. Um, apparently that is not enough for them. They need to just take a lot of my money. So um, actually, it'd probably be good to define egress and um, why Cloudflare doesn't charge for that um, for Cloudflare images. Can you, you speak to that at all? Because like that, images are actually a really significant part of building web apps. So I think it's pretty relevant here, too. Yeah, um, so I can't speak officially on the company or anything like that, but um, certainly they have been making, um, uh, they've been trying to call out companies which are charging for egress. And and like you say, it's it's one of the biggest unexpected costs that developers see um, mm -hmm. where they deploy their app and then um, it, all is going well until you hit the front page of Hacker News and then all of a sudden you have, all of these requests and they're um, consuming that bandwidth cap that you've got on your account or whatever it is. Yeah. Um, but because it was sort of the first thing that Cloudflare really tried to do as a company, I think, build out this massive CDN, it's just something that we've gotten really good at. And um, I think we have relationships with like internet companies around the world and all this sort of stuff that let us do it really affordably. And we just don't think that that should be the... Um, point at which we're we're charging people it should be for the work that we do and yeah. and for that it's workers but because it's so performant for us um we're able to charge little um and 
So you will see um, some charges if you do get just a ridiculous number of requests and things, but it's uh, really very affordable. And something like images, um, we do have a couple of image products. We have image resizing and Cloudflare images. Um, I happen to have worked on both a little bit before as well, so I can talk a little bit more about that if you like. But um, we've started to see some people even roll their own uh, image uh, features inside, like with Wasm. So... Um, with Cloudflare Workers, you're able to deploy uh, a WASM binary alongside your worker and call that. So we've mm-hmm. seen people generating images with like Rust or something like that, something really high performant, <laughs> oh my and God. Um, use that to generate like social images for their blog or whatever. So yeah, it's very, yeah. very cool. Oh my goodness. Like what a world we live in. Uh, <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> yeah, the the It's interesting. Uh, I was, you know, we were probably both around when WASM was starting to become a thing that people were talking about and and when it became standardized. And I remember some people were like, JavaScript's dead, go for WASM, like writing in any language that's not JavaScript. And I was like, yeah, it'll never happen. Um, Like for for UIs anyway, like, yeah, I, I don't know. Maybe some people will make that work, but what I didn't expect was that WASM was going to be a huge thing for the back end like this. Um, and, and there are some people using it for front end too. I think Figma did some rest thing for uh, their front end. And so there's absolutely situations where it's useful in the UI um, or in the browser, but uh, yeah, I'm really blown away by the cool things you can do with uh, WASM on platforms like Cloudflare workers. <laughs> it's just, it's really, really cool. Yeah. I think um, the, sort of reason it maybe didn't take off quite so much like i, I don't know like i i was pretty i was pretty excited with the whole wasm stuff and i i did mm-hmm. think it was going to be a big thing um but uh we've only seen it in limited cases in in front end like you say mm-hmm. like like figma's the the go-to example and i think they have enough complexity and enough need for that performance that it's worth the sort of overhead glue that they need um mm-hmm. to connect up into javascript so there is a little bit of overhead there where you have to sort of make calls from your JavaScript to your WASM. Um, and you see that in workers. So it's not, you don't get it just immediately. Um, there is a little piece, uh, a price to pay there. But um, for something that is really high performance and like dealing with massive arrays such as images, it's something that's worth it um, rather than. Totally implementing it right. Well, and especially when you can cache the result as well, right? And so it's exactly like yeah. it would be impossible to pre-build all of these images at every resolution that you could possibly imagine. Um, uh, but it's pretty darn fast, um, just maybe not fast enough for every request. And so we can, you know, generate it when it's first requested, cache it, and now it's like lightning fast every time. Um, yeah, spot on. Yeah, yeah. Precisely. Cool. So this has been really enlightening, Greg. Uh, I I really think that this is the future of building websites. Um, we're, you know, deploy your app and your data to the edge, and you can get some really awesome performance characteristics. And when you get that, then you can um, throw away all of the extra stuff you were doing on your own to make up for how slow your app was before. Uh, that just has awesome implications. So I'm super excited about this. Uh, what would you say is one thing that people could do to make their user experience better? You kind of stole my line there, to be honest. I think um, oh, trying, no. <laughs> try deploying to the edge is probably um, what I'd say. So if you've got a Remix app already, like just change the the, uh, the deployment target. Pretty easy to do um, mm. with that sort of agnostic platform that you've got. But um, if you haven't, just 
yeah, sign up for pages or workers and uh, give it a go. I think uh, you'll be surprised at how much of that um, sort of legacy <laughs> architecture that you've already got, you can do away with, um, with the sort of new edge architecture stuff. Absolutely. And like, it blows my mind how cheap it is. Like, <laughs> uh, pennies, pennies for a million requests like that. What? Like, yeah, it's um, pretty powerful stuff. So no worries about getting um, slash dotted or whatever. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Uh, awesome. Hey, Greg, thank you so much. What is the best place uh, or best way for people to keep up with what you're doing? I'm pretty active in the Remix um, Discord in the Cloudflare channel and in Thank Cloudflare uh, Developers Discord, and I'm at Greg Brimble on Twitter. Awesome. Hey, this is super interesting, informative. Uh, I, I'm wrapping it up, but I'm, it occurred to me, like, I, I didn't ask, was there anything else we didn't talk about that you were like, oh, I really want to talk about this on the Remix podcast? I pretty much got it for episode one, yeah. <laughs> All right, very good. We'll have you on again in the future then. Um, thank you so much, and we'll talk to you everybody in the future. Bye.